We were talking, uh, just like Brock said, we were talking today, earlier today, up in the green room, you know, just talking about how awesome this week has been, how great it's been. And somebody said, we have a lot of friends. They have invited a lot of friends. And I was like, I know. I didn't know. I didn't know they had that many friends. I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. But seriously. I mean, we started, we started talking back, you know, recent praise weeks. I cannot remember the last time we had this many friends. So, so to you guys that come here, that come to Jay Walkers, I want to say thank you. But on the opposite end, I also want to say thank you to the friends. Okay? It's 100 degrees out here. It's hot. And somebody came up to you and was probably like, Hey, man, uh, we're going to go to this big tent out in the middle of the field next to a church. It's really hot. And uh, we're going to paint up and put on weird stuff. They're going to play games. You want to come? And you said yes. You know what I mean? You said yes. Which is awesome. And I'm so thankful that you're here. Well, I want to do something, uh, just a little exercise. Very quickly. Okay, very quickly. I'm going to need somebody from each team. Uh, I'm going to pick them. I'm going to pick them. All right, come up, Joe. Sam. Uh, Those are my same people. Jacob. Somebody. <laughs> Alright. Y'all stand right here. Stand in front. Stand in front. Stand in front. Okay, y'all look at me. I'm just kidding. Look at them. Look at them. They're pretty, ain't they? They're nice looking. Okay, this is all you have to do. My four my four people right here. This is all you have to do. We're gonna go down the line. Okay, starting with Madison, we're gonna go down the line. I'm just gonna ask you guys a question. Simple question. All I ask is you be honest, you be loud so everybody can hear you, and you talk clearly. Okay, start with Madison. Question number one. What state were you born in? Alabama. Alabama. Jacob. South Carolina. Sam. Arizona. Arizona. GI. South Carolina. Represent. Go deal, go deal, okay? Again, second question. What is your favorite food? What is your favorite food? I'll give you plenty of time. Five, four, three, two, one. Okay. What's your favorite food? Sandwich place in Columbia. She goes all the way to Columbia for a sandwich. That is dedication, guys. That is dedication. Jacob, what you got? Hamburger. I like it. He's simple. I like it. Sam. Chicken wings. Chicken wings. That's all I see. This big old bag, you know. G.I., what you got? Steve. He's a fancy man. I like it. I, I, I like it. Question number three. Tell me tell me your favorite movie or a movie that you just really like. I know favorite movie is kind of hard, so just a movie that you like. Water for Elephants. Uh, a movie about water and elephants. How strange. Jurassic World. There we go. I like it. I like it. Tarzan. Tarzan. The new one or the old one? The old one. The old one. Yeah, let's go. When the game stands top. There we go. That's good. That's good. Okay, last question. Last question. This was a little bit different. What do you think my favorite food is? Huh? My favorite food. What you think? Peanut butter and jelly sandwiches. That's pretty good. That's pretty good. Jacob, peanut butter and jelly sandwiches, man. Y'all know me. Y'all know me. Sam. All of it. All of it. 
He looks at Jake and he says, all of it. I like it. G.I., what you got? Nah. All of it, you go all of it, too. That's a pretty good answer. All right, let's give our contestants a round of applause. Y'all can sit there and be seen. Just in case anybody was uh, wondering, my absolute favorite food is sushi. Yeah. Man, I love it. I love sushi, okay? Love it. Not, and I'm not talking about a roll, okay? I'm talking about rolls. I mean, like, just keep them coming. Just keep them coming, okay? Well, guys, you know, um, that little exercise that I just did would have really backfired on me. It would have really backfired on me if I'd have called, you know, four of you guys up here, started asking you questions, going down the line, and everybody say the exact same thing. If I'd have said, what's your favorite food? And we go, hamburger, 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 okay? What's your favorite movie? Tangle, 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 you know? If I'd have done that, it would have really backfired on me. But I knew there was no possible way that could happen. I knew there was no way that I could just select three or four of you at random, ask you a few questions, and everybody had the same answer. And you say, why? How did you know that, Jay? Well, it's easy. It's simple. We're different. We're not all exactly alike. We are different. And just as I said earlier in the week, if you look around in today's world, the world is going to tell you that you're different. They're going to point out the differences in people. They're going to highlight the differences. So I said at the beginning of the week that this week, our four nights together, we're going to be about our differences. We're going to cover some things that we had in common. Some similarities between each and every person under this tent. So that's what we've been looking at. And if you've been here uh, Monday and Tuesday night, I'm going to ask that you help me just a little bit, okay? For those of y'all uh, who, who haven't been here, that's, that's okay. We're going to catch up to speed real fast. The first thing that you all have in common is that Jesus loves who? You. Jesus loves you. Jesus loves each and every one of us, however you want to say it. doesn't matter. You can't do anything. You can't say anything to make Jesus not love you. It's easy. It's simple. I love it. Straight to the point. Jesus loves you. Number two, the second thing we have in common is that God wants us to experience a full life. God wants us to experience a full life. Now, I want to make sure that the people that have been here remember and the new people understand what I mean by full life. God wants you to experience a life that has a purpose. God wants you to experience a life that has an impact on the world. God wants you to experience a life that has a meaning and has a direction and has joy. That's the kind of life that God wants you. That's the kind of life that God wants you to experience tonight. Each and every one of us under this tent. So Monday night, we looked at a question. We began to a- answer a question. That question was, well... If God wants us to experience this life, this purposeful life, this meaningful, you know, direction, joyous, impactful life, if that's what He wants for me, how do I get there? 
how do you guys live that life? The life that God wants for you. What are the steps you need to take? And, and Monday night we looked at the life of a man named Paul. And we knew that, we found out that Paul was an incredible guy. He lived that, that full life that God wants for us. He experienced it. He had an unbelievably impactful life on the, on the entire world. But we found out that Paul wasn't always that awesome. He had a past, and in his past, he had made mistakes. Terrible mistakes, awful mistakes. So in order for Paul to live the full life that God wanted him to live, he had to overcome that past. He had to overcome those mistakes, and he had to move on from them. And we realized that in order for me and for you to experience this life that God wants for us, we're going to have to overcome our past too. We're going to have to leave all that stuff behind. We're going to have to move on from it. That was step number one. Last night, we went through the story of Joseph. We saw all the different places and all the different situations that Joseph was in during his life. And you say, what what do you mean, Jack? Well, at the beginning of our story, Joseph was the favorite son. He had it good. A little later in our story, Joseph became a slave. A little later in our story, Joseph was thrown into prison. He became a prisoner. Finally, at the end of our story, Joseph became the second most powerful man on the planet. The second most powerful man on the planet. And what was crazy about that story is it didn't matter the situation that Joseph was in. It didn't matter how good it was or how bad it was. Whatever situation Joseph found himself in, he made the best of it. Every single day he made the best of the situation that he was in. Hey, if he woke woke up and he was a slave, he was going to be the best slave that he could be. Here. His absolute best. Next day, if he woke up and he was a prisoner, he wasn't going to whine about it. He was going to be the best prisoner he could be. He made the most out of his situations. He embraced the present. And that's what we realized yesterday. In order to reach this full life that God wants us to experience, we're going to have to embrace the present. We're going to have to make the most out of the situations that we're in. No matter how good they are, no matter how bad they are, doesn't matter if it's where you want to be or where you plan to be, it's where you're at. And God wants you to make the most out of your situation. Well, tonight I want to tell you a story about a woman. A woman who lived and experience this full life that we keep talking about. This woman's name was Mary. Now Mary was an average girl. Okay? I want you to understand that. Very average. Very normal. She came from a normal family. They weren't rich. They didn't have a lot of power. Mary didn't have any incredible talents that the Bible, you know, cites. She was an average person. I'll tell you what I do know about Mary. Mary lived in in a small town called Nazareth with her parents. She lived with her parents. 
Mary was engaged to be married to a man named Joseph. Joseph was a carpenter. Okay? He built stuff. Simple. Normal. They lived a normal life. One thing to cite about Mary is that she loved God. She honored God in the way that she lived. But her and Joseph, for the most part, were normal people. Your average couple, okay? Man, they they, planned, they had plans. They were going to get married. I'm sure it was. I'm sure it was the American dream. It was. It was a white picket fence. You know, big red door, tire swing, uh, dog. The you know, kids later on in life, the whole deal. They had plans. They had a normal life laid out in front of them, but then something came along that completely changed those plans. Something came along that completely changed their normal life plans. You see, one night the angel Gabriel paid a visit to Mary. And I'm going to read the scripture to you. It's found in Luke chapter 1, verse 28. It says, Gabriel appeared to her and said, Greetings, favored woman. The Lord is with you. Confused and disturbed, Mary tried to think what the angel could mean. Don't be afraid, Mary, the angel told her. For you have found favor with God. Now listen up. You will conceive and give birth to a son. And you will name him Jesus. He will be very great and he will be called the Son of the Most High. The Lord God will give him the throne of his ancestor David. And he will reign over Israel forever. His kingdom will never end. Verse 34, Mary asked the angel, she said, how can this happen? How can this happen? I am a virgin. You see, Mary had never been with a man before. She had never slept with a man. She she wasn't married to Joseph yet. How could she conceive and give birth to a child? There, There was no way. Verse 35, the angel replied and said, The Holy Spirit will come upon you, and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. So the baby to be born will be holy. He will be called the Son of God. What's more, your relative Elizabeth has become pregnant in her old age. People used to say that she was barren, but she has conceived a son and is now in her sixth month. For the Word of God will never fail. Now guys, I want you to pay attention right here. Zone back in with me for just a second because I want you to see how Mary responded. What she said. Verse 38, Mary responded and said, I am the Lord's servant. I am the Lord's servant. May everything you have said about me come true. And then the angel left her. 
Now I want to stop for a second. I want to hit the pause button for just a moment and I want to talk about what just happened. I want us to all realize and understand what Mary has agreed to. First off, she's agreed to a pregnancy. Nine months of carrying a child. And now guys, I'll be completely honest with you. I haven't had much experience with that before. Okay? You look at me from the side, you're like, Jake, are you sure? I have it, okay? I ain't. But guys, it was going to be tough. It was going to be rough on her. And it's easy to just look at this on the surface and say, okay, so she agreed to have a baby. She was going to have to carry a child for nine months and throughout the pregnancy. I mean, that's that's what she agreed to. That, that's it. Guys, it, it was so much more. So much more than just a pregnancy. She she agreed to a pregnancy that could potentially and most likely would cause some serious, serious complications in her life. A pregnancy that was going to cause some serious complications in her life. And you say, well, what, what do you mean? What do you mean, Jay? How is this pregnancy going to affect her relationship with Joseph? her fiancé going to feel with the fact that she was now pregnant? How was she going to tell him? How do you go about that? Do you wait until he come, comes in from work one day and go over there and, you know, hey, how you doing? Did you have a good day? Yeah, hey, how are you? Oh, well, Angel showed up now I'm pregnant. You know, it's, I don't know. It's crazy. It's crazy. I, what, do you, what do you do? What about the relationship with her parents? She still lived at home. How was she going to explain it to them? Were they going to believe her? Were they going to be angry with her? What was she going to do? Was was everybody just going to believe that she was lying? Were they just going to think that she had committed adultery? She had went outside, you know, uh, and been with another man? And she was just lying about the whole, whole thing? Was she supposed to pull everybody into the living room? One night and say, hey guys, no, 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 I know, I know what y'all are thinking. You know, that's not it, that's not the case. It's the classic angel showed up, I'm divinely pregnant. That's that's what's going on. That's the story. Would Joseph leave her? Would the man she loved walk out on, not be able to believe what she was saying? not be able to understand it. These had to be the thoughts that were running through her head. What would other people think? People outside her friends and family, people people in the town, how would they talk about her? What Would they trash her now? Would they throw her name through the mud? How would she be looked on? And guys, I want you to understand that this, this was a different time. This was a different age with with different laws. The act of adultery, the act of being pregnant outside of a marriage was punishable by death. Execution was completely justified. Not to mention everything outside of the pregnancy. 
man, nine months from now, Mary's going to have a child to raise. That wasn't part of her plan. Maybe later down the road, but, but not right now. Not right now. She doesn't have the things in order that she needs. She's not ready for a child. And not only is she going to have to raise a child, she's going to have to raise Jesus. She's going to have to raise the Son of God. Can you imagine the pressure that she, she must have been feeling? The, how nervous she was. Was she going to be able to do it right? Was she going to be a good enough mom? What if she, what if she told him something wrong or, or didn't, didn't discipline him when she needed to? Guys, I'm, I'll, I'll be honest with you. What if she needed to give Jesus a whooping? What would that have been like? How could she do that? She knew Jesus was the Messiah. She knew her child was going to save the world one day. She agreed to be responsible for the Savior of all mankind. That means every time Jesus left the house, every time He went outside to ride His bicycle down the big hill, man, that was on her. Every time He tried to do the double backflip off the trampoline, she had to make sure that he was okay. The one time he got the bright idea to ride the go-kart off the ramp into the pool, man, that was her responsibility. She was responsible for raising him. She was responsible for his life, for his well-being. Now, we all know how it worked out. Jesus grew up just as he was supposed to. Jesus became our Savior. He became the Messiah just like He was supposed to. But I believe that we can learn something from Mary's story. I believe something is very visible in this story. From the moment Mary said yes, from the moment Mary agreed uh, to Gabriel in, in verse 38, Mary had hope for the future. Do you hear that? Are you with me? Give me a nod. Give me a nod if you're with me. Mary had hope for the future. She had hope for her. She had hope for her family. She had hope for her son for the future. Mary believed that God would take care of her and her son. She believed that. That's, that's where she put her, her hope. She believed that God's will, she believed that God's plan for her life was exactly right. Mary was going to experience this full life that we've been talking about because her, her life now had unmeasurable impact. She had unmeasurable uh, responsibility and unmeasurable direction and a purpose she was going to experience that full life that we keep talking about. Mary had hope for the future. She had hope that God would preserve her relationship with Joseph. I want you to understand this, guys. She had hope that, that everything between her and Joseph was going to be okay. 
She didn't know how he was going to take it. She didn't know if he was going to believe her or not. She didn't know if he'd be willing to accept it or try to understand it. But she agreed and she put her hope in God that he would preserve their relationship. Now what she didn't know is that God was going to send an angel to Joseph to tell him that everything's okay. But she didn't know that. She had to put her hope in God in the future. She had hope that God would protect her from the people that would try and destroy her. The people that would try and execute her. The people that would try and kill her for this, for this sin, for this perceived sin. People wouldn't understand. People wouldn't believe that she had not committed adultery. But she had she put her hope in God that He would protect her. And He did. She had hope that God would show her how to raise this child. How to raise the Messiah. How to raise the Son of God. I know she was nervous. I know she was worried. But God chose Mary. He placed that responsibility on her. And she was the right woman for the job. And she did it. She had hope in God that she would be able to raise the Messiah the correct correct way. And she did it. She had hope that God would keep her child, her baby, Jesus saved. Jesus grew up just like He was supposed to. He grew exactly into the man that He needed to be in order to be our Savior, in order to be the Son of God, in order to be God in the flesh. God kept Him safe. Guys, I want you to understand something tonight. If you leave with anything, anything that I've said, I want you to leave with this right here. This next 15 seconds is the most important part of tonight because this is for you. In order to experience the full life that God has planned for you, the full, joyous, impactful, meaningful, purpose-driven life that God has especially for you, You're going to have to put your hope in the future. You're going to have to put your hope in the future. We must look ahead in our lives with hope. We must believe that what lies ahead is what is best for us. We must believe that the future is bright. We can't look ahead pessimistically. We can't look ahead with dread. We can't dread what lies ahead. We have to have hope in it. We have to have hope in the future. In order to experience the life that God wants for us, we have to put our hope in the future. That's our step three.
guys, I, I, I want to share just a tiny, a tiny piece of another story with you tonight. Just a tiny piece of my story. A time in my life when I had to put my hope in the future, when I had to put my trust in God in the future. Guys, I was 19 years old. 19 years old. Had already graduated high school. Had already finished my my first semester of college. And I'm going to tell you right now, much like Mary and Joseph in our story, I had it all planned out. I had it all mapped out. I knew exactly what I wanted for my life. I knew exactly the steps I was going to take to get it. I had painted this beautiful picture of what my life was going to be. And it's what I always wanted. From the time I was very young until the time I graduated, it didn't change. It was the same thing. It's what I always wanted. I was on my way to getting it. I was on the track to getting the life that I had planned for myself. I was 19 years old. A normal guy. When God intervened in my life. God intervened in my life and He changed my plans. He changed the picture that I had for my life. And guys, I can look back now. Five years later, I can look back now and I can tell you 100% without lying that I am so thankful, I'm so grateful, I'm so glad that that happened. Because the plan that He put me on has led me to the full life that He wanted me to experience. And that's being right here in front of you guys having this opportunity to talk to you tonight. It's having the opportunity to get to know you guys and hang out and goof around and have fun. Man, that's the the full life that He wanted me to experience. And I would have never got here if five years ago I wouldn't have put my trust, my hope, in the future. I didn't know where I was going. I had a plan. When it changed, I didn't know where I I was going to end up. I didn't know what I needed to do. God started placing people in my life. They started putting me in position to to, to be where I needed to be. And He took care of me. And I said, okay, I'll just go with it. I'll put my trust in You. I'll put my hope in You. Man, and He got me here. He got me to this full life. It's not the life that I chose. It's not the picture I had painted. I'll tell you what, it's better. It's a whole lot better. In order to experience the life that God wants for you tonight, you got to put your hope in the future, guys. No matter if you don't know what it looks like, no matter if you don't understand it, no matter if you don't know where it's going to lead, you've got to put your hope and your trust in Him and in the future. And you have to believe and you have to hope that He's going to take care of you. And He's going to put you where you need to be and He's going to place people around you that can get you where you need to be in order to experience a full life.